0: Welcome back to Brain Bites. Joining me, as always, is James Green. James, how are you today? Doing well, Blake. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. New studio. If you're not watching on uh, YouTube, you probably hear a little different. We got new microphones. Upgraded those. Um, Real quick. Big thanks to WatchGuard. They they provided us with uh, a lot of the funding to get these new microphones and our new awesome neon sign back there and the shelving and all that stuff. So, uh, big thanks to WatchGuard. Yes, thank you. We'll be doing a WatchGuard episode here not too long. Um, But today. We are going to talk about virtualization, kind of tying into what we talked about last week, which
1: is that intelligent infrastructure. Right. That storage virtualization.
0: Right. Which definitely had undertones of virtualization. So today we're kind of going to dive deep into what virtualization is um, specifically and why it's important for not only for your environments and for your companies, but why what it unlocked basically for the rest of
1: the world of technology. So, James, in Quick synopsis: What is virtualization? Quick synopsis: (laughs) Yeah, virtualization is something that doesn't really exist in the physical world. Right. So you don't have, you can have multiple tens, thousands, maybe, of virtual servers, and not have to have the infrastructure, the the physical building to hold tens or thousands of servers.
0: Right. Yeah. So you're you're running multiple servers on one physical box right Correct. so you're yep. you're taking the the physical server the host as it's called um and you're breaking up its resources to run guests virtual guests on the host with the resources allocated from the big host so you buy one physical server with let's just say 40 processor cores 200 gigs of ram yep and you're using the intelligent storage from from Tintree from our last week's episode, so you you don't have to worry about storage in the physical box. But then you you need a server. Let's say you're spinning up a domain controller, right? That server only needs four cores and 16 gigs of RAM. So you just basically take four cores out of the 40, so you still have 36 cores left to, 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 to make more servers, and you take 16 of the 200 gigs of RAM, and now you've got your domain controller running virtually, on this physical host and you didn't have to go out and buy another physical server so your rack space you you can accomplish all of this
1: with two u's of rack space exactly and then if you know in in a week you realize this this domain controller just isn't running quite right let's give it a little bit more right you can just adjust in real time like okay right. I have, have some more RAM, more ram
0: have some more processing exactly there you go now some of the benefits of virtualization um, Definitely from a disaster recovery standpoint, yep. you know, if, if you have a, a DR ser- situation where you have to fail over, you can you can move the virtual machines much easier than physical servers because they are virtual. <laughs> so you can, if you're backing them up somewhere, you can spin them up quickly because it is just a, you know, it's software. It is an image that you can spin up on any host anywhere. There are some stipulations about, you know, if it's Intel, you've got to stay on Intel and things right. like that. Um but then also if you have hardware failure you can run in you can run virtual machines in failover clusters so your hosts you have let's say 3 hosts two are actively running your virtual machines and yep. then one of them is is failover so if one of those three hosts fails it just moves the virtual machines over you know and there, or there's a there's a, a copy stored on the third host that's in failover mode and they just turn on there and there you go, you you just lost one of your physical server hosts, but you didn't lose any of your virtual machines because they just were
1: sitting there waiting to be turned on. And you just described a great DR, disaster recovery situation, but it's great for production and uh, development as well. Right. Uh, I have a new software that I want to put out. I can basically copy my domain controller or whatever server that I need to put it on and then test it in that environment on basically that live version of that that controller that right. server to make sure that my software is good to go before it goes live
0: yeah we we have a client i was actually going to call them this morning that has three whole separate networks they have production which is obviously their production network they have staging and they have development so they develop something you know they, they want to deploy a new product they want to test something they're they're making changes to their own product they, they do all that in development because if they blow it up they can just roll back and because it's all virtual, it's very easy to do that, right? If they if the if the server they're testing on just, you know, crashes, they can just roll backwards, start again, spin it up, and go from there. And then they have staging, which is where they put things and have people start testing. It's staging, it's r- almost ready for production. But right. we're gonna get more people on it, test it, see how it goes, and then obviously production. But in all three of those instances, they're running on one host because it's all virtualized so it's very easy to spin up a new server test something if it broke if it blows it up right. just delete it make a new one and move
1: on otherwise and and you know in a traditional or an old school uh, model of that you'd have three separate labs right yeah exactly and you'd have to copy from this lab to this lab from this lab to this lab to try to accomplish that
0: right and that just becomes a mess when it comes to you know not only the the spinning up of the servers but the storage between the three uh, separate labs and the networking too because when it comes to networking with you have virtual switches on your virtual servers so the the host still only has one, maybe two or four, you know, whatever uh, Ethernet jacks on the back. But then the the software inside the host splits that traffic up between the the different VMs and or VMs virtual machines uh, and sp- and routes that traffic however you want. So you can still route the traffic. You can make a virtual interface for test, virtual interface for development, and all that. And there you go. And you don't have to have a whole separate switch stack for each. And I mean, right. it really simplify, simplified simplified having multiple environments in one, in one company. Yep. Now, I, I mentioned that I wanted to tush, touch on what it unlocked, right, for the rest of the world of, of technology. <laughs> right. So it definite, virtualization as a core concept simplifies your infrastructure for sure. But one of the things that it kind of started to allow to happen, especially more recent years, is in the cybersecurity space, technology has gotten to the point where virtualization can be done on virtually anything right and so fire the firewalls that we use here happen to be watchcard as mentioned previously they they have a feature where they can actually instantly virtualize a, a computer and and run something that seems suspicious in a sandbox right so the the firewall itself has resources that it can allocate to A a virtual machine that, you know, it's not something you're going to log into and actually see, but it's just built into the core of the security product where it, if let's say an Excel spreadsheet, because that's the example they use in their, their uh, material, an Excel spreadsheet starts phoning home, right? Or starts trying to talk out to the internet in a way that Excel spreadsheets shouldn't do. What, (laughs) what the firewalls can actually do is they can instantly spin up a virtual machine of whatever uh, operating system that needs to be. Normally it's Windows. Spins up a Windows virtual machine, and it can open this Excel spreadsheet in that sandboxed virtual yeah. machine. It's nice. not connected to any Same network place. or anything like that. And it's you know it's just a Windows 10 computer as far as the Excel spreadsheet is concerned. It spins it up and then it advances time forward because it's it's in control of what the virtual machine knows is reality, right? Right. So it advances time forward and sees what this what this Excel spreadsheet does. And if it starts trying to you know deliver a payload or exfiltrate data or anything like that, it it can blow it up and not deliver the the attachment to you or not deliver the the data to you, right. um, And keep you safe. But then if everything's fine and good, it just shuts down the virtual machine and delivers the Excel spreadsheet to you or whatever data in the Excel spreadsheet you're trying to reach, right? On the, on the flip side, if it's not good, it can still destroy the virtual machine. Anything that might have happened in the virtual machine uh, when they were advancing time and in investigating the spreadsheet just kind of disappears, never existed because you've completely deleted the virtual machine. None of that would be possible had virtualization not been, I guess, invented or discovered.
1: No. And if they tried to do it, it'd be much harder to do. Right. I mean,
0: you'd, you'd I mean, have to go. It's almost impossible. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then... A lot of other security products are doing this in like um, antivirus products or endpoint detection response products are actually sandboxing. So on your own computer, they're creating a virtual computer inside of it to sandbox whatever product it is. So traditional antivirus would just quarantine the product, would quarantine whatever it thinks is suspicious or just outright delete it. These newer next generation products are actually building sandboxes. Sandbox meaning um, the term sandbox in in security and cybersecurity is a, a... network or a computer that is completely separate from everything else it think of like a sandbox you don't want the sand to get out of the sandbox <laughs> right um so you you build a box that it exists in so you it, these virtual machines they call them sandboxes because they can it they spin it up it's completely separate from everything else they can activate whatever suspicious file or act you know yeah it's completely safe is. from your network and you then don't it,
1: have to worry about it going to anything else on your network
0: right and then once they finish their investigation boom, it's gone yep so uh, that's virtualization in a nutshell. Uh, I hope yeah. it wasn't too yeah th- this too was another topic
1: where I mean you could dive real into real deep into v- what virtualization is you have GPU virtu- virtualization right CPU etc this again scratches the surface
0: yeah absolutely and in the world of, of today especially with you know people working from home and offices getting much smaller, virtualization is becoming more and more prevalent because as you reduce your physical footprint, that reduces the physical space you have for servers so Correct. you get bigger bigger hosts resource wise and you just cut down entirely on the amount of infrastructure physical infrastructure you need to run your operations so yep well thanks guys and we will see you next week see you